the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's the last Thursday before the election on Tuesday. It's the way I'm, it's the way I'm watching things now. And the, to be honest, I'll be glad when it's over with. Will you be glad when it's over with, uh, Jr.? Absolutely. I think I think everyone's going to be glad when this is over with. It's sort of it's a weird, uh, and, and especially our our campaign staff. They've done a, uh, just a a fantastic job of the last uh, year and a half. But it's. It's just one of those weird things where it does. It, it feels sort of anticlimactic heading into Tuesday, but you still gotta, you know, you still gotta it's get gotta out there and go down, to the events. Though. Yeah, and the governor. Uh, I've said this to you before, but if there's a way to, to sort of bottle uh, that man's energy, I don't know how he does it, but it's it's you know after a day for me, I'm ready to go home, and then you know at five o'clock he's headed somewhere else, and he doesn't get back till late. We were actually, uh, and I know we'll get into this a little bit more, but we've had the town halls the last couple of weeks, yes. and. We've been all over the place. We were in Bentonville uh, the night before last, uh, and you know, uh, I actually f- followed him home. We didn't, you know, get back to Little Rock till ten o'clock ish, and so I mean, it's just it's it's uh, full of days right now. Uh, and in the midst of it all, you've got budget hearings. Uh, you got to present the budget yeah, that's shortly going on right now. It's going on right now, and the governor's got to present his budget shortly after the election, and then. Uh, you got the holidays, and that eats up a lot of time. Then you go straight into the session with uh, a full agenda. So it's it's you're you're juggling a lot of things. So it'll be nice to put one behind us so we can focus on 2019. You know, I I don't think I've ever asked this question because it typically doesn't cross my mind when mm-hmm. I'm talking politics. But does the governor run, or does he lift, or what's he do to stay in shape? You to have that kind yeah. of energy, you've got to be doing something. Yeah, uh, you hit the nail on the head there. He's a uh, uh, he's a uh, very health conscious. Um, so he you know makes sure what he eats is is healthy and uh, moderate and that sort of stuff. Does as he far drink as, seagrass and all that? Kind of stuff? I don't think he goes that far. Uh, <laughs> but he saying. does. But he does keep it relatively healthy. And then uh, I know he told me one time that he. Uh, does a hundred jumping jacks every morning when he gets out of bed. He's got the energy going, but he's got some weights. I know in the basement there and oh, uh, good. Of, of the uh, governor's quarters there. So he, he does stay pretty fit. Well, I so like he's, lifting more than I like. I'm not a runner, have never been a runner. Yeah, I don't think he runs. He plays a lot of basketball. We've talked about that before, That's but cool. every Friday, uh, and this is probably one of the uh, most. Wait, in, stop. Oh, does yeah. he shoot better than Obama? Hey, I'll tell you this right now. The governor's automatic. It is unbelievable. He's played forever. He plays with his, his sons and his family. And, um, and But every Friday in Little Rock, we kind of go to the different schools. And uh, there's about four places that we kind of uh, uh, cycle through. But we play every morning at uh, around 630 in the morning, play till about 745. And I'm telling you, he is uh from from about and he's an inside guy like he he plays the inside but he but i'm telling you he's automatic dave you get him in there and he he doesn't miss often uh so he's he's legit okay so does he have uh does he have sharp elbows is that what you're telling he does have sharp elbows <laughs> he does he gets in there but it's funny you know we we, we joke about it because we've done this for 
I mean, basically right after he got uh, sworn in as governor in 2015. And so we've been playing for a while, and he loves doing it. And it's sort of, you know, the the one day a week that he really gets, uh, you know, kind of that full court, uh, you know, cardio workout sort of thing. So he loves it. Uh, rarely does he miss it. Um, and uh, But it's funny because at the beginning you had all these guys – and, and it's a it's a wide array of different guys that like to play basketball and um and for a while it was sort of the governor touched the ball and everybody kind of stepped back <laughs> yeah not anymore <laughs> and huh? he was like he's like no we're not playing it this way and so right. they, everybody mixes it up now and it's uh we've had some uh we've had some severe injuries none to the governor yet uh but uh it's it gets it's fun it's uh, very competitive so it's a lot of fun okay not to draw attention that you're not the tallest guy in the world. I am but not. Just the other day on Facebook, I was talking with a bunch of buddies of mine, and we were talking about who was our favorite short basketball player. You know what? That's funny. I mean, the first uh, uh, couple of names that come to mind are Spud Webb. And, that's that's my favorite and, small guy. But I love Muggsy Bogues. I love yeah. him. And he was Muggsy sort of short-lived. He was popular there with Larry Johnson in the 90s. I may. I'm a 90s NBA fan. I love it. I think it's coming back. There's there's a little bit more um, you know, parody and things like that in the league, but man in the 90s it was great when you had Larry Johnson and Muggsy Bogues and then you had uh Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler, Jordan and Pippen. Yeah. Uh you had the Jazz with Stockton Malone. I mean, you could go down Kemp and Gary Payton. It was fantastic. And I I love the 90s, but I always think of those Short guys, of course, Spud Webb with the massive ups. I mean, the guy could get up there, and he was super yeah. short. Gave everybody like me the hope that one day I, too, could dunk a basketball. Never happened. You're still white. Uh, well, there's that. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Muggsy Bogues. It was just fun to watch him play. So, uh, But, yeah. Spud no. was the man. I'm just telling you, I love watching Spud. You're like, he could elevate, man. He really could. And when you go back and look at some freeze frames of, of him in the air, it looks like superimposed. It looks like a Photoshop. Yeah, because the guy, look real. It doesn't look real because it's like twice, like almost a – 150% higher than what he actually stands. I mean, the guy is just, just could jump to the roof. It was but incredible. look at his thighs. Yeah, he was. They are huge. Yeah, he could, he could get up there. Really are huge. But, okay, so I won't embarrass you anymore. That's just, all right. You're just, okay. a, you're just, a, you, you were, he was a stand in for white men can't jump. That's true. Well, I, you know, the governor does say, I play uh, not well, but I do, <laughs> I do play inside and i think that kind of cracks the governor up a little bit and he's like you know and i was like well I, i've got no shot on the outside so uh, i might as well at least get closer to the basket <laughs> you should learn how to shoot like rick Perry, you know do the grand yeah, shot yeah well i mean it's a little easier when you're standing at the free throw line <laughs> versus <laughs> that's true you don't have anybody with yeah, hand yeah. in your face you're yeah. right no but it's a lot of fun all right you said you were doing the town halls let's yeah. uh, let's do a little bit on that and then we'll take a break as far as the town halls go why don't you talk about what were some of the major questions that were being asked of of the governor at those? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, sort of the setup was the governor would speak for about 15 minutes of the first hour or, or of the hour, uh, which is what all the town halls ran, maybe a little longer. But um, and he'd go through his his agenda and his proposals for the 2019 session. Of course, transformation was a big part of that. Um, he'd spend the majority time on that. Then he talked about teacher pay uh, and the goal of raising that to uh, $1,000 a year over the next four years. That would put us number one in the region. Uh, we'd have the uh, highest minimum teacher salary uh, than Texas, Tennessee, Missouri, Oklahoma, Louisiana. So uh, right. that's, that's something he's really focusing on. Um, then we talk about a highway plan uh, and that whatever happens in the legislative session, we want that to be referred to the people so they have a say on it. It needs to be clear. 
Um, and then, of course, the tax cuts. And that's something the governor's always been focused on. So, uh, And that's, of course, getting the top marginal rate from 6.9% down to 5.9%. Uh, and people have to remember, we already cut taxes by $100 million in 2015. That was for middle class. We did another $50 million for low income. And so this is sort of the the uh, the obvious uh, next step into you know getting the overall tax rate down and also simplifying the tax code uh, and putting it into one uh, tax bracket versus the three we have right now so um, that'll really help with our economic development uh, uh, um, uh, competitiveness among other states people at, I mean, businesses absolutely look at that and also bring in uh, people across the border and, and living in the state of Arkansas. So that'll help. So those are the four things that he brought up. And then we turn it open, and Dave, it was really sort of kind of ran the gamut. of It was all sorts of questions uh, from the governor, but there was a lot of questions about, you know, what would this transformation do to this particular agency? How would it mm-hmm. affect me? And so I think it was really helpful for the governor to say, you know, to correct some of the misinformation that is out there. What's um, the biggest misinformation that's floating on that? Well, I think really sort of the boards and commissions being stripped of their authority uh, and and their uh, um, um, and their revenue and that sort of thing. That's not that's not the the, the goal of this. That's not going to happen. Uh, the the goal of this, and for everyone to understand, is the biggest part of this transformation is really merging agencies together so we can share resources that currently cost the state millions of dollars. So we can cut those administrative costs. We can share IT, uh, human resources, right. you know, so on and so forth. So that's really the goal there. So I think a lot of people were concerned about, you know, what would happen to this? How would this licensing go forward? Who would answer to this? And the governor just said, look, those agencies or those boards and commissions, they, they keep their authority, um, but they're just going to move into a department where we can share those administrative costs. Same thing with like, you know, you have, you'd be astonished. You probably wouldn't, it may not surprise you, but when you talk about boards and commissions, some of them meet once a month, some of them meet once a quarter, but all of them have different conference rooms that the, yeah. that the state pays for and so the idea of saying look if we want to at some point in time it's gonna this is just sort of the first step because we're gonna have to do a lot you know the real work happens after we pass the legislation right um right but when you start moving people into the same building you can start scheduling those conference rooms you don't need you know 50 maybe you need you know three or four and that sort of thing and, and just when that starts to happen you know you're really going to start to see some of those savings um, but also the efficiencies that's what taxpayers are going to notice too first and foremost is just the goal of this is not just to move things around we want to be more efficient we want to be uh, we want to provide a better service to the taxpayer uh, and have a quicker turnaround on a lot of things so uh, that's the goal of the transformation. So that was a lot of the questions. Some people asked about, um, you know, there were some questions about uh, the CNH hog farm, uh, kind of in different places. And I'm sure up yeah. towards the north, yeah. we got uh, a few west, of those. That would be a big question. Yeah, we got some economic development uh, questions, just about you know um, what what can our area do uh, to strengthen our economic development, recruiting, and that sort of stuff. Um, but really, just all sorts of stuff. Um, but but it really most of them fell into sort of those four categories the governor brought up because there's a lot of questions with that. Teachers uh, wondering what we're going to do to the Arkansas teacher retirement system, and that was more informa- more misinformation that's being pushed out there. And the governor was able to say, "Look, we are leaving that alone. That that is working the way it should. We want to make sure that um, it's successful and that teachers." I uh, have nothing to worry about on that level. So we're we're absolutely leaving that alone. Um, and then talking about how we're going to pay for all this stuff. And, and the governor uh, said, look, we've been able to cut taxes by $150 million. 
and we've grown the economy and we've used the you know the the growth to pay for that. We've also cut efficiencies ten million dollars over five years at AEDC alone. Um, so we're we're just kind of explaining that through growth, through these efficiency savings, um, we're going to be able to. Uh, uh, cover a lot of this. And at the end of the day, taxpayers are going to have more money in their pocket. The state's going to be uh, a better state as far as recruiting economic development and that sort of stuff. And I think it's all uh, uh, a good plan moving forward. But really and truly, all four pieces kind of go hand in hand. So we're really hoping to get a lot of public support for that. But uh, it was, re- you know, the biggest thing, Dave, was the civility. The civility was is important. There were people out there that obviously didn't agree with the governor, didn't agree with the Republican platform. But it was civil, and so they voiced their their opinions. The governor would answer their questions best he could, and that was it. And we move on to the next question. And I think that that's sort of a reflection of the governor as well. He's a. I think that that people kind of take uh, his civility and and they <clears throat> kind of give it back, if you will. And so there wasn't anything that was hostile or or uh, uh, you know anything that was kind of out of the ordinary. It was just, that was I guess that was out of the ordinary in this sort of environment right now that it was just civil. Uh, and so you know people talked, people agreed, disagreed, and and that was it. And shook hands and went back to work. So. Uh, it, it was very interesting. It was a, it went was a to great their five respective day. corners. Went to their respective corners exactly. So it was. Uh, it were five tours or, or five stops. All of them were were really fantastic. So. All right, let's get a break in. J.R. Davis is our guest spokesman for the governor. He'll be with us for the uh, hour. We got a lot more to talk about. I need to tell you about Aero Plumbing. Aero Plumbing uh, is the plumbing uh, you know business that I use. Have been for fourteen years. I've told you the story of how I started using them after a couple of plumbing companies were looking for a pressure valve at my home because I couldn't take a shower because the water was just kind of dripping out of the shower head and out of the spigots and things of that nature. So um, I had called a couple. They came out. They couldn't find it. Uh, One was ready to start uh, digging in about the middle of my front lawn, and it was going to be several thousand dollars. And uh Aero Plumbing was an advertiser on the radio station I was at at the time, and I called Earl and asked him if he'd send somebody out, and they did, and they pulled up into that uh, the driveway with that truck that's a warehouse on wheels and asked me what the problem was. I told him, he says, well, that's the pressure regulator. And I said, yeah, but where is it? And he says, well, here, come with me. And he walked me right in front of my house, reached down, messed around for a minute, I guess he had to unscrew the thing, and pulled it out. said, here it is right here. And I said, okay, so um, we can run back to the, you know, the business and get one? He goes, no, I got one in the truck. He walked to the truck, got in it, got the one to fit my home, came out, put it back into the area he had taken it from, and uh, everything was fixed. It took no more than about 20 minutes, to be honest, 20 minutes. And it was under 100 bucks. Remember, somebody had told me it was going to be several thousand dollars. So they had my business from then on. And I've had them out a few times since. They've been out of my house on New Year's Day when I had a toilet go bad. And I'm watching the Rose Bowl. And Mount Vesuvius is happening in the the uh, guest uh, bathroom. And they showed up and they took care of that as well. Just go to aeroplumbing.net or Google Aeroplumbing. It's got all the contact information for you. I think that you'll find... They are the best plumbing group that you have ever, ever worked with. That's Arrow Plumbing. Back on the Dave Ellswick Show in the studio right now, J.R. Davis, spokesman 
uh, for the governor's office. And let me just ask a question of you, Jr. Something's been talked about on Facebook, and I don't know if you've gotten any questions out on the town halls. People saying that the governor, they say, I don't see it, but they say, has been uh, you know against uh, the president's policies against China. Your thoughts on people who are saying that? Uh, I think that, you know, we can go back before the primary. There's still a lot of uh, misinformation being spread out there. And I think um, with ill intent, uh, the record is the governor's been very supportive of the president. He's said time and time again that, um, you know, the negotiations on some of these on some of these agreements, whether it's NAFTA or with the European Union, uh, when we pulled out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, all of those sorts of things are things that we needed to take another look at. And mm-hmm. as a result, look what we have with NAFTA. We have a new agreement that uh, uh, benefits the United States. Looking good. Um, and that was a direct result of the president entering those negotiations and forcing you know, Canada and Mexico to the table to readdress this. China is a different animal in that uh, they've, been, uh, they've been bad actors for a very, very long time. And so when we have this trade war, um, there was uh, th- there was a good reason for the United States to enter into this and kind of show that, hey, look, we know exactly what's going on. Uh, we need to address this. You need to come to the table and that sort of thing. Yeah, we know your monetary manipulation. <laughs> Absolutely. We know about on. all this. And so we, we need to address this. And so all the governor has said since then is that, yes, we need to be careful of the trade war. Uh, the tariffs are hurting Arkansas. Look at the soybeans and, and everything that's happening with that. Our farmers are taking a hit, um, so we need to we need to wrap this up at some point, declare victory, uh, yeah. and and walk away. That's all the governor has said about that, and he's been very. I mean, look, Google it if, if you're uh, if you don't believe me, Google it. It's very. He's been very very consistent uh, in that stance that he appreciates President Trump um, uh, pushing uh, back on all this sort of stuff and starting these negotiations and forcing these countries to take another look at these uh, these agreements. But at the end of the day. Uh, we are Arkansas. Agriculture is our number one industry, and we have to protect that number one industry. So while the governor and uh, President Trump align on a lot of areas, um, and, and they're not completely aligned on this, but that's because of what we have here in Arkansas, and our economy is based off of agriculture. So we have to protect our farmer. We have to protect those exports, and we have to be able to trade on a global scale um, to grow our economy here in the state. So uh, he supports President Trump. But I think we need to be careful going any further into a trade war or in these tariff fights, because at the end of the day, our farmers are the ones that get hurt first and foremost. Okay, so when we come back, let's talk a little bit about, you know, even though there's all this trade war going on, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean the United States doesn't do business with Chinese businesses. We'll talk about it when we come back. we got to get to the, the news, and that's coming up right now. All right, last half hour for J.R. and uh, J.R. Davis is with us each Thursday. He gives us an hour of his time to come in from the governor's office and talk about what what's going on over there. Uh, the governor can't come over and spend an hour every Thursday. I wish he could, but that's not possible. Just found out uh, during the break that uh, French Hill is going to stop by and see us on uh, Monday. Great. Uh, also know that Monday, if everything goes correctly... Uh, Bill O'Reilly will be on Monday. Oh, so wow. It would be fun to talk to him as well. So that's coming up. Carolyn, who is uh, one of the uh, handlers, as I like to call them, <laughs> for French Hill, will uh, is going to be in town Tuesday, and she and I are going to 
get together and have a little bit of coffee on Tuesday morning. And then on next Tuesday, you will not want to move your dial from uh, here at 101.1 FM, The Answer, starting at 2 o'clock. From 2 o'clock until 6 o'clock, we'll be broadcasting live from the embassy suites before the victory party begins for the Republicans. Uh, The Republican victory party will take place at the embassy suites. And then uh, starting at 6 o'clock and going to 10 o'clock, we will cover uh, the election itself, uh, not only here in the state of Arkansas, but we'll talk about national races. I mean, I'm really interested to see if we can get rid of McCaskill over Missouri. That uh, is starting to look very favorable for us uh, conservatives, as is now uh, Arizona, as um, the uh, Republican in Arizona is starting to show uh, some real traction. Nevada, that's still up in the up in the air right now. We're going to have to see. I saw they had Harry Reid out there uh, the other day uh, telling everybody that um, uh, American workers weren't what was important to Nevada. It was immigrant workers that were hmm. important to Nevada. Interesting message. Yeah, it is. An, and it, what can I say about Harry Reid? Dingy Harry. Best thing I can Didn't say. Harry. All right, let's uh, let's continue on Jr. Right. Instead of me sitting here talking about you know national politics right now, but bottom line is I want to go back to this China thing. Yeah, you can have our our government can be for good words bad. If you want to pee on each other's shoes, that's that's fine. You can do that, sure. and that's kind of what's going on right now with the president mm-hmm. and with the. Uh, the prime minister out of China, but that you're dealing with companies now, right? And international companies. Yeah. we're not just talking about ones that do business just in China. If they're interested be, in right. coming to Arkansas, you know, if you don't take them, somebody else is going to take them. Sure, it's that simple. One hundred percent, absolutely. It, this is. Uh, I mean, take a uh, uh, rice river uh, up in Jonesboro, which is another Chinese company. We were in a, a bidding war with. Uh, other states and Mexico, uh, and 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 got that here. It's it's uh, it's competitive, and people want jobs. We want jobs for our people. We're at three and a half percent unemployment right now, right now, which is the lowest in our state's history. So the biggest problem we're dealing right with right now is developing that workforce and strengthening. It's it's a it's a I guess a good problem to have when you're at three and a half percent unemployment. Um, but we need to continue to grow. We want to uh, entice companies to relocate to Arkansas. We have. Uh, a tremendous amount of um, you know uh, upside as far as you know uh, a river transportation. We've got the um, uh, high, Interstate forty five forty up in or excuse me forty nine up in Northwest Arkansas. There's a lot of infrastructure, um, and then of course uh, we have a lot of uh, natural resources, whether it's timber. Um, which is a big reason why uh, you've seen groups like uh, uh, Ruyi Technology Groups and things like that from China that have shown interest in the state. Basically, it comes down to this, Dave. There have been four, more than 400 uh, companies that have signed agreements with the state since the governor took office in January 2015. 400 companies. Five of them are from China. Five. We're talking about we've done business with, with um, and expansions with – uh, groups from Germany, uh, up in the Mississippi County area, uh, from Japan, from Mexico, uh, Europe. I mean, France, the, right? 
France, absolutely. That's uh, Dassault Falcon Jet. They've done an expansion right here in Little Rock because of that. Uh, Aerojet Rocketdyne down in Camden. Uh, so people have to remember that this this is a small portion of what we're doing. A majority of those agreements have been have been with existing Arkansas companies. So what the governor wants to do is, obviously, we want to recruit industry into the state. That's how we grow this state. That's how we provide more jobs to people. That's how we expand the economy. But we also want to provide a, a culture of excellence, an environment for small businesses to grow. We are the home of Walmart, of Tyson, of Dillard's, of uh, J.B. Hunt. They didn't start out as the Walmarts, the Tysons, the J.B. Yeah, Hunts. They know grew. Now. We know correct. now. And they had to grow. We want to give small businesses the chance to grow, to expand, to invest in their business, to hire more people. Uh, we want more of those sort of companies in Arkansas, and that's the goal here. So the idea that we can provide that sort of climate for small businesses and for potential small businesses, for entrepreneurs to be able to step outside and say, we're going to take a risk here because we think we have a good idea. That's what FinTech and Downtown Little Rock's about. We've got so many opportunities in this state. We're not just looking at one province in China to bring all this investment over. That's five of more than 400 different investments uh, uh, since the governor came into office. And that's just the AEDC side. We're at somewhere around close to 80,000 new jobs since January of 2015. That's good news for the people of Arkansas. And I think when people talk about the Chinese situation here, uh, they need to get the full picture. All right. When you have a competitive process where an international company that happens to be headquartered in a province in China or have part of its company there or the CEOs and uh, work out of that province in China, they have other areas across the world. When we're competing for that, that means more jobs here in the state of Arkansas. Uh, the most recent one over there in Forest City is 800 jobs when it's finally finished. That's the largest economic development project in the Delta's history. That's good news for people around the Forest City area. Well, especially in the Delta. It's huge, especially in huge. the Delta. Yeah, so news for them. And that's why people have to understand that uh, if they want the full scope of this, the full story, you know, pick up uh, a paper or, or Google it and read a full article and see exactly what we're doing here. But there's so much more to the picture. Uh, the governor absolutely supports the president in, in going through these negotiations and, and pushing China really to the brink on some things because we have to shore that up. We have to make that fair, uh, not just for the United States, but I think across the world. We want we want a free market. We want uh, that fair trade. It, it benefits Arkansas. And to that to that point, so we absolutely support the president there, but we also support our farmers and our ag community. And we want to make sure that they know that the governor is going to do everything we can to protect our number one industry uh, and our number two industry is tourism. So you know those are those are our two biggest industries in Arkansas. We have a very diverse economy. We want to continue to strengthen and grow all of those. But when you have ag at the top, you've got to protect it. And you've got to be able to um, uh, give those farmers assurances that, that as long as the governor is the governor, he's going to fight on Arkansas agriculture's behalf. Let me let me roll back just a bit to earlier in the conversation. We were talking about soybeans. We mm -hmm. mentioned them because that's one of the big products that yeah. the Chinese are trying to use as a bargaining chip. But uh, a few months ago, uh, the, uh, the European Union were – talking to the president said mm -hmm. that they were going to make up that difference in yeah. in soybeans have we seen any move towards that yet you know i haven't uh 
paid as closely attention to it this week. You know, I know the prices. I think last week or, or a couple weeks ago, it was, it was close to a ten-year low as far as soybean uh, go. Soybeans go, and people have to remember that's a that's a huge export here in Arkansas yes, as well. Is, yeah. and so that we, and rice, that and rice, and so um, you know, we'll have to take a, a closer look at that. I know that that's what the European Union agreed to. Yeah, I don't know if anything was you know if there was to paper on that but uh, uh, i don't know what time frame <coughs> exactly and I, I don't know the time frame but that that is good we just have to uh, act on it and, and follow up with it but you, you mentioned rice dave and we talk about china do you think that secretary sonny purdue with the usda you, you think he stopped those negotiations with with china to open up its markets to u.s rice don't think absolutely so. not absolutely not so you have to take these things into consideration when you're looking at the full picture while the president the United States and the you know president of China and they're mixing it up and they're going back and forth on tariffs and that sort of thing. The the Secretary of Agriculture for the United States is still pushing for those markets to open in China for rice and we made big strides a couple of years ago. I'd like to see more uh, uh, on that front, but I mean I'm telling you what there are there are multiple things going on at once when you're talking about uh, uh, you know access to global trade and that sort of thing, especially between the United States and the rest of the world. Is there anything else going on about about Cuba? Have you heard anything on that uh, yeah, that front? You know, I haven't. I know things took a step back uh, when President Trump became president. Mm-hmm. Um, when President Obama, uh, when they restored those diplomatic relations, uh, the governor was the first governor to go down there, and that's 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 who we have in the executive chair here in Arkansas is the governor who's like, is that an opportunity? Can we can we benefit Arkansas from this? Absolutely, let's do it. So, as soon as they opened up uh, restored diplomatic relations, he took off for Cuba. Uh, had a great trip down there, uh, and as a result, sold somewhere around 4,500 tons of poultry uh, yeah. to Cuba as a result. So uh, things have cooled down a little bit since uh, President Trump came into office, and there were some reasons. Absolutely, we understand that. Um, and also, even even before Trump came in, it was it was a little more difficult because Arkansas and the United States as a whole is still at a disadvantage because Cuba does not allow, or, or the United States does not allow, uh, sales on credit to Cuba. So if you go to a Brazil, a Brazil or somewhere else, they're able to to purchase on credit uh, versus sort of those cash sales. And so the United States is still at a disadvantage with that. Um, but obviously, with forty five hundred tons of Arkansas poultry, uh, that shows some warmth there, some warming, uh, some opportunities for agriculture. Uh, down in the Cuba area, but but like I said, there's not much more has come from that. Um, but I think that's more of a uh, Washington D.C. issue at this point to work some things out, but when they open that back up, you can bet that we'll we'll warm those relations right back up because it's a good opportunity for Arkansas. All right, got to get our final break in. Uh, let's do that here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Let me tell you a little bit about what David Lucas is up to. He was on yesterday during the show. Did a great job. Want you to know that Uncle Sam is, you know, ready to get at you. He's licking his chops. He can't wait for you to retire because he could tax you at every turn. And, uh, you know, David was talking about this, how many, I think $14 trillion are sitting out there in retirement accounts, and they want the taxes off of it. Taxes on your IRA and 401k, taxes on your Social Security benefits, taxes on your investment income. could be a field day for the government unless you take steps to defend yourself, and you need to do that now. You're invited to a special one-time screening of the documentary film, The Power of Zero. The tax train is coming. That's going to be on Thursday, 
November 29th at UA Breckenridge Theater right here in Little Rock. It's hosted by David Lucas, host of the David Lucas Show. Uh, he's on Saturday mornings here at 101.1 FM. Uh, the answer at 10 a.m. and again in the afternoon at 3 p.m. The special event is free, but it's limited to just 90 people. So if you've saved $500,000 for retirement, call to reserve your free ticket now at 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690. Again, 501-653-6690. Ninety. All right, the right view is here. They are waiting for their turn. They're not the view. They're the right view. The right view. There That's you right. Go. <laughs> they're the right view. They're going to be on uh, during the 3 o'clock and uh, 4 o'clock hour. Uh, if you're listening in the 5 o'clock hour, they won't be following. All right, they've already gone before uh, you're hearing this. This is a replay of the 2 o'clock hour, but I like everybody to hear uh, J.R., and so we play this during the 5 o'clock drive home. The union deal over for the Little Rock teachers has been, uh, to say, a little bit uh, a firestorm. Yeah. What's the governor thinking about that? Well, he fully supports uh, Commissioner Johnny Key uh, and uh, what they're doing over at the Department of Education. I mean, the issue here is um, tonight, actually, uh, at 12.01, the current uh, professional um, – the PNA, the professional negotiated agreement, uh, uh, lapses with the LREA and the Little Rock School District. Uh, Commissioner Keyes um, agreed to a two-week extension uh, t- for them to take a look at our proposals, yeah. uh, which we are uh, uh, very much locked into. Uh, and one of them is to waive the uh, teacher fair dismissal in some of the failing schools in Little Rock. There's about 22 of them. They're at D and F ratings. And so the idea is right now it's so cumbersome. If you're if you want to um, terminate an employee, we're not just talking about teachers, and again, that's some misinformation out there. We're talking about support staff, principals. Uh, you have to go through a two year period basically in order to terminate someone. And Dave, we're talking about eleven thousand students in Little Rock School District that go to these schools every single day. Eleven thousand, nearly half of the student population in Little Rock School District. All we're saying is that these schools have consistently um, underperformed. Uh, underperformed, and there are some great teachers in those schools. There's some great faculty in those schools, but there's also some janitorial staff that doesn't show up for work, and uh, there's teachers who have chronic ac- absenteeism. Every day we let this go is another day we're losing our children and the next generation, and you talk about equity in our schools. We have to give our students, no matter the school, wherever it is, the same sort of opportunities uh, to learn and to grow and to have that chance at success after high school. Um, so, from you know, from uh, uh, all the different schools in that list of twenty-two, we're saying we want to be able to go in there and say, you know, this is an outstanding teacher. It's not fair to them to have to perform next to this individual who doesn't have the same level of commitment, who has been absent. Um, uh, you know, has chronic absenteeism in the school. Uh, and our students also deserve not only to be successful academically, but also they should be able to go to a school that is sanitary, that's safe, that's clean. And so if you have some support staff that aren't showing up for weeks, there's trash out there, things aren't being swept, uh, things aren't being wiped down, that's horrible. 
And and parents don't deserve that. Our students especially don't deserve that. So we're asking, hey, let's waive this. Let's be able to go in there and turn these schools around because that's what the students deserve. Give them the access to quality education, a clean and safe environment to learn. And we think that's that's not a, a big ask uh, and that that's something they should agree to for sure. I'm going to tell you what. I have worked in union positions before, and nowhere have I ever worked that it took two years to get rid of your butt if you weren't doing your job. Yeah, and that that's that nowhere in America. And, and trust me, the governor absolutely values our teachers. In fact, one of the, uh, the the teacher of the year came from the Little Rock School District over at Central. Fantastic teacher. There are some incredible educators in the Little Rock School District, but there are some that don't have that same level of commitment that have decided to sort of mail it in. Um, and, and that can't happen. We, we, we owe our students a whole lot more than that. Uh, and that's what we want to do. And it does. And again, there's some principles where the culture in the school is the issue. And, and they, that's something we need to be able to look at. So it's a scalpel. Uh, you know, they're not taking an ax at this. It's a scalpel. And, and I think that that's absolutely a tool and, and the necessary flexibility for the Little Rock school district to be able to turn things around. Um, this is the capital city. Uh, people need to see Little Rock flourish. Uh, and, and from the crime problem to the education issues, that's something we're trying to tackle. And we can do something about the uh, uh, the school district because under the previous administration, that school board took the, sta- or took the Little Rock school district over. So we are doing the best we can, and we're saying the status quo has uh, been failing our students for a long, long time, and it's time to change it. Uh, and we're going to do everything we can to give our students the best opportunity of success moving forward. All right, about 60 seconds left. There's a story in the paper today dealing with Planned Parenthood. They are a thorn in every conservative side. What is going on there? Well, I think the Attorney General's office uh, in the paper that stated it, uh, probably the best way to do it, they've they've delayed when it suited them, and they've uh, tried to expedite things when it suited them. This is just all a delay tactic. Um, and, and we need to move forward with it. Uh, and so I think, you know, 60 seconds, we could talk longer about it. And I'm sorry I went a little longer on the other. But <laughs> That's okay. That's all um, right. But absolutely. I think that this is just a delay tactic, and the Attorney General's office is spot on. Are they just trying to stay in business? Are they at that point now where maybe business is dried up for them? Oh, sure. I think they're they're hanging on for, for dear life. I think they're, uh, you know, grasping at straws at this point. And, um, and, and you know, it's it's time to move forward with this. Uh, the uh, Christine Baker made a ruling. It was overturned by the Eighth Circuit. I know there's been other states that, have, that those lower courts have made different uh, uh, decisions and were overturned by the um, appellate court. So uh, it'll come. It'll come to the Supreme Court at some point. But we're not going to delay uh, the the process right now as we're. Uh, moving towards that because it eventually will i'm sure but there's no reason to delay it absolutely not all right 30 seconds possibility that the governor might stop by and talk to us i i believe it's pretty set that he will have a successful uh you know re-election yeah coming up tuesday maybe come on and start talking about what's coming up in uh, january i think he'd love to do that yeah i'll uh, get with jamie and uh, he'll be there so we'll we'll make it happen and you're going to be there so yeah, it's I'm great be there tuesday, It'll be easy. Yeah. it's an you easy walk by. you got it <laughs> all right thanks Dave. thank you very much chair jr davis from the governor's office with us gives us an hour each week here on the dave ellswick show let's take a break and the right view is on their way all right let's get into the uh Final two hours of the show, live hours of the show today. We'll do uh, the right view, and that's our ladies' power panel. And they're the ones who came up with the name because they want to let you know 
They were in no way, shape, or form even close to having the same kind of political uh, thought process as The View. Negative. Uh, the opposite. <laughs> we do opposite. not do PC. No, they do not. <laughs> we how we are right. How did you put it, Amy? You you guys go as far as the FCC will let yeah, you do Yeah, the right it? view. Yeah. Uh, as far as well, the FCC will allow. Yeah. Yeah, well, let me pull up. My yeah, she, I'm the she one wrote that made it up, but I can't. She wrote the meme and she yeah. can't remember. Uh, well, and it, it's specifically what it what it says here. You're going to like this, Ross. Have you seen, did you see it? Okay. Check this out. It's really Amy. cute. She put a collage of all four of our pictures. You almost I had to go. Like I was bunch. hard. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I, had had to go, I had to go to, and, to Hannah's engagement picture to find one of just her because she's always with somebody. She's not. <laughs> yeah. She must not be a very big selfie person because I, I didn't find. I had to make her do take the best one today. Yeah, you so. didn't find any selfies on me either because I don't do selfies. <laughs> well, at some point we just need to get a picture of the four of us together. That's, That's what we'll do. Yeah. All right, she's looking here. Did you find it yet? Well, I'm, I'm, it's in my favorites. Oh, no, 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 here it is. The right view, as unfiltered as the FCC allows us to be. There you, there go, you go, Ross. Yes. That's pretty good. He's over there. That's he's so just, really uh, neat. I think he's deal. underneath the board right now, crawling around, doing something on his knees. And, 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 uh, and your profile picture, Elizabeth, is your profile Your profile picture. Because I Facebook. didn't find too many, too many selfies of you either. No, so. no. Selfies abound, I guess, with... <laughs> was that the DWI shoe stop for? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when I had my driver's Dave's license got done... <laughs> it's, it's better than the driver's license picture, but when I had my driver's license renewed, they just... The guy says... We're going to take this picture again. You're not going to like this one. <laughs> Never. Have y'all ever had that happen? No, actually, awesome. every time I go, I tell them, I, I sweet talk them and say, I just can't live with the bad picture. So can, if I don't like the first one, <laughs> hey. I just, they end up doing it. And I'll go sometimes three or four pictures till I, we get the I right know, one. I didn't know you could ask. I, I, yeah. You want to hear some? I know of, of someone, and this is, this is no joke, dedicated friend. I know of someone whose friend uh, got cancer. Hmm. And she, in solidarity, she and a few other females uh, shaved, shaved their heads. heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yet, guess what's coming up? The driver's license picture. So, oh, dear. So she she was bald in her driver's license picture, I guess, until she was able to take oh, no. another picture when you know when her oh, license gosh. came up for renewal. But that's dedication. Yeah. You yeah. are a true friend. But just when to you, shave your head, period. Be, yeah. You know, because, I mean, you know, but, but the, you know, the chemotherapy takes its toll and the hair mm-hmm. starts to fall out and... And I you, know somebody who actually did that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a it's a brave thing to do. It's a very brave, it's especially a, you know, it's brave, but it's you know, it's, that shows you how much of a friend you are sure, to someone. If you're well, willing loyalty, to lose yeah. your crowning glory to you know, in solidarity with your friend who's suffering from you know cancer, so I right. that. because she doesn't have to feel bad because we all look the same. At that point, yeah, we all look stupid when we have bald heads. Look at me. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, anyway. my algebra teacher, Mr. Williamson, had a coffee mug that um, he had said, "Bald is beautiful." Yeah, I've got so. a, I've got a, a mug, and I don't ever use it, but it just says, "God don't grow grass on a playground." There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Anyway, with that said, coming up at three thirty-five. Uh, Shelly has scored us a coup today. What, who we got coming up oh, at three thirty-five? I'm so excited. Okay, so for our listeners I am out there, um, a lot of you know who he is. Some of you probably never heard his name. You might have actually 
come across or heard his uh, video before, and and you don't even know his name, but his name's Mark Keith Robert Robinson. He's a, a black man from Greensboro, North Carolina, who. It had to have been back this it, earlier this year, I would say before June sometime. Yeah, it was he, in the spring. Mm-hmm. In the spring. He went down to his city council, which uh, we're going to interview him at 3.35 today. I'm so excited. I got in touch with him. He's uh, he's very excited about doing it. Um, but anyway, it was, uh, I, I, and I don't know his backstory as to what, what prompted him to go to the city council that day. But he went down there and gave this uh, the most epic, phenomenal speech you've ever heard. We'll give you chills. You'll be cheering. You know, he's like speaking for us, the average American. He's like a real guy. And it is uh, the the video went completely viral. It's got over 40 million hits. Talking about uh, Second Amendment. Yeah, yes. about the Second Amendment, yes. And um, like I said, I don't know what prompted him to go. I don't know what situation sure arose or whatever. Him. But, I mean, he it, it was about the Second Amendment and um, and about the majority. And it started a movement. Um, and uh, and I am the majority movement because in the video, which I, are you going to play that before that I say? Are you? Gonna be I don't able know to if we can. Rex, if we can find it on YouTube, we maybe can probably at play least it. at least the you. clip. Um, at least the clip, maybe of it's when a he four minute. Leaves, if yeah. we can get the whole thing, it's mm. the uh, and, and he really says in it, "I am the I am the majority." You know, when are you going to listen to me? Because I am everybody, mm-hmm. and it it just uh, is that in the second. And I saw it. I was like, he's yeah, a rock star. He is a true. rock star. Yeah. And I just cannot be happier to have him. That's what happens when the silent majority actually stands up and starts right. talking. And he listen. says in the video, he says, I'll come down here every day just and start, you know, raising hell just like the loony left. If yeah. I have to, I'll do it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's amazing. It, it would be great if we could play the the. The Let's see if we, Russ is looking for it. He'll yeah. probably be able to find I it. I just if we Googled do, we'll play his name, and it was the first break. one that came up, and it, it I think it was Unlike like four, four and a half minutes. Blexit. Apparently, Candace Owens is having problems with Google trying to suppress her new movement. Big surprise. Mm. Big surprise there. You know, when you, when you, Blexit, it's, it's a big thing now. But Black exit. Yes, from the Democrat Party. Yes. It's like their, uh, their version of walk away but yeah you know um but yeah she she i something popped across my twitter it says you know it you know they're trying to suppress it's not i guess it's not the first thing that pops up on google it's probably buried down I there somewhere candace owens oh, if we oh, that man. that would be a coup she, I can get Candace Owens on. That's no she, problem. Oh, let's do it. She did a video not too long ago. I've had about her on, on my show before. before she had gone I, I to was, one of, Well, I, was, I followed her on Twitter when she was still at, at Red Pill Black. I was going to say, she was Red Pill Black on yeah, Twitter, she, and I followed her for a year. She's awesome. She, she you know, uh, title, titles of videos like Myth of the Coon. I mean, just, you know, tearing into the, the radical, uh, the the radical left uh, you know, as far as the black community yeah. i've been she i've really been told t- by uh, russ by the way that we have that piece of oh, good. Uh, video audio that will yes. air after that way our the first listeners break. and a lot everybody of them, here they'll know it they, i'm yeah, sure every all of our listeners like, i'm sure have already as soon watched as you it. hear it, you're like oh my gosh i know who you're talking about now because you probably you don't, don't know, know his name it's i am the majority right. mr i am, the, I, I am oh the i am i am everybody i am the majority yeah you now, know? We'll, we'll talk about 
a How real law-abiding citizen. Yes. So let's go ahead and get our first break so we can come by back and play that and then talk about it a little bit. And then we'll have him on and we'll talk to him and see what he has yeah. to say. Don't forget about Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Uh, RD over at Sonny's Auto Salvage is going, I'm giving him my car Wednesday. They're putting a, we're going to put in a, a new transmission, a used transmission from one of their well-maintained total loss vehicles with a three-year parts and labor warranty, unlimited miles. So for three years, I don't have to worry about squat. And I drive more than 100,000 miles in three years, believe me. So that means I'll get a longer warranty on that transmission than I got on the transmission that was absolutely new in my Acadia. That's the way it works. All right, so how do you take part with Sonny's Auto Salvage so you too can save about 50% on parts and labor and get that great warranty? All you got to do is call them, 982-7451, 982-7451, and that's Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Okay, Russ, is it possible for you to pull up uh, my television in here so we can hear a little bit of the president? He's talking about the caravan, and then we'll break away from it here real quick. I'll bring it up for you. Expansive immigration programs anywhere on the planet. We've issued 40 million green cards since 1970, which means the permanent residency and a path to citizenship for many, many people. But we will not allow our generosity to be abused by those who would break our laws, defy our rules, violate our borders, break into our country illegally. We won't allow it. Mass uncontrolled immigration is especially unfair to the many wonderful law-abiding immigrants already living here who followed the rules and waited their turn. Some have been waiting for many years. Some have been waiting for a long time. They've done everything perfectly. And they're going to come in. At some point, they're going to come in. Many cases, very soon. We need them to come in. Because we have companies coming into our country. They need workers. But they have to come in on a bare, on a merit basis. And they will come in on a merit basis. The communities are often left to bear the cost and the influx of people that come in illegally. We can't allow that. There's a limit to how many people a nation can responsibly absorb into their societies. Every day, above and beyond our existing lawful admission programs, roughly 1,500 to 2,000 people try crossing our borders illegally. We do a very good job considering the laws are so bad. They're not archaic. They're incompetent. It's not that they're old. They're just bad. And we can't get any Democrat votes to change them. It's only the Republicans that are in unison. They want to change them. They want to make strong borders, want to get rid of any crime because of the borders, of which there's a lot. And we've done a great job with the laws that we have. We're moving in uh, uh, tremendous numbers of people to get out the MS-13 gangs and other gangs that illegally come into our country. And we're getting them out by the thousands. But this is a perilous situation, and it threatens to become even more hazardous as our economy gets better and better. A lot of 
The cause of this problem is the fact that we right now have the hottest economy anywhere in the world. It's doing better than any economy in the world. Jobs, unemployment, you look at any number. Right now, we have more workers than any time in the history of our country. We have more people working, which is a tremendous statement. More people working than at any time in the history of our country. And people want to come in, and in some cases, they want to take advantage of that. And that's okay, and we want them to come in, but they have to come in through merit. They have to come in legally. At this very moment, large, well-organized caravans of migrants are marching toward our southern border. Some people call it an invasion. It's like an invasion. They have violently overrun the Mexican border. You saw that two days ago. These are tough people in many cases. A lot of young men, strong men, and a lot of men that maybe we don't want in our country. But again, we'll find that out through the legal process. But they've overrun the Mexican police, and they've overrun and hurt badly Mexican soldiers. So this isn't an innocent group of people. There's a large number of people that are tough. They've injured, they've attacked, and the Mexican police and military has actually suffered. And I appreciate what Mexico is trying to do. So let me begin by stating that these illegal caravans will not be allowed into the United States. And they should turn back now, because they're wasting their time. They should apply to come into our country. We want them to come into our country very much. We need people to help us with all of these companies that are coming in. We've never had anything like this. We have car companies coming in. We have Foxconn so involved with the manufacturing of Apple products coming in in Wisconsin. We have a lot of companies coming in, but they have to apply. And right, so they have to be wonderful people. They're going to love our country. President here. Because I want to be able to play this uh, part of this YouTube video, at, at least, of the gentleman who's going to join us at uh, uh, 3.35. So with no more words from me, here's the, vir- the viral uh, video that he did. Uh, I didn't have time to write a fancy speech. I didn't have time to, you know, I didn't have the, the resource of an English teacher to sit down and write a speech with at school today and, be you know bought over here practice or anything what i really came down here for is this uh, i've heard a whole lot of people in here talking tonight about this group and that group and domestic violence and blacks these minorities and that minority what i want to know is when are you all going to start standing up for the majority and here's who the majority is i'm the majority I'm a law-abiding citizen who's never shot anybody never committed a serious crime never committed a felony I've never done anything like that. But it seems like every time we have one of these shootings, nobody wants to blame, put the blame where it goes, which is at the shooter's feet. You want to put it at my feet. You want to turn around and restrict my right, constitutional right that's spelled out in black and white. You want to restrict my right to buy a firearm and protect myself from some of the very people you're talking about in here tonight. It's ridiculous. I don't think Rod Serling could come up with a better script. It does not make any sense. The law-abiding citizens of this community and many communities around this country, we're the first ones taxed and the last ones considered and the first ones punished when things like this happens because our rights are the ones that are being taken away. 
That's the reason why I came out here today. Gun show or no gun show, NRA or no NRA. I'm here to stand up for the law-abiding citizens of this community. Because I'm going to tell you that what's going to happen. You can take the guns away from us all you want to. You all write a law, I follow the law, I'll bring my guns down here, I'll turn them in. But here's what's going to happen. The Crips and the Bloods on the other side of town, they're not going to turn their guns in. They're going to hold on to them. And what's going to happen when you have to send the police down there to go take them? The police can barely enforce the law as it is. It's what I see. We demonize the police, criminalize and, and, and vilify the police, and we make the criminals into victims. And we're talking about restricting guns? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that when the police department's already hamstrung? You're not going to be able to go down here and take these guns from these criminals. So the criminals are going to hold on to their guns. They're still going to have them. They're still going to break in my house, and they're still going to shoot me with them. And guess who's going to be the one that suffers? It's going to be me. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight, it is not going to happen without a fight. And when I say fight, I don't mean shots fired. I don't mean fists thrown. I mean I'm going to come down here to this city council and raise hell just like these loonies from the left do until you listen to the majority of the people in this city. And I am the majority. The majority of the people in this city are law-abiding. And they follow the law, and they want their constitutional right to be able to bear to bear arms. They want to be able to gun sh go to the gun show and buy a hunting rifle or sport a sport rifle. There are no military grade weapons sold showed, uh, sold at the uh, gun show. An AR-15 is not a military grade weapon. Anybody that would go into combat with an AR-15 is a fool. It's a semi-automatic 22 rifle. You'd be killed in 15 minutes in combat with that thing. So we need to dispel all these myths and we need to drop all this, all this division that we got going on here. Because the bottom line is when that Second Amendment was written, whether the framers liked it or not, they wrote it for everybody. And right. I am everybody. We only got a few and minutes. And the law citizens of this city so are everybody. And we want our rights and we want to keep our rights. And by God, we're going to keep them. Oh. Come hell okay. or high water. We'll get it all in. Here it is. All right, there you go. You got a standing ovation there. Uh, yeah, he was right on. Epic. That gentleman is going to join us here in about five minutes. <sighs> so you'll get to, uh, we'll get to talk to him. We'll let, uh, we're going to let Shelly introduce him, and then we're going to let Shelly ask the first question since she was able to secure the interview. And so we'll go from there. For you who are on Facebook, no, today you're not going to be able to hear it. Just because oh, right no. now we don't have we don't have the, the the sound going in. Hopefully that will be solved tomorrow. Just go, go on over go to the website. Go on over to the website. Here you go. Yeah. And push. You just can't watch us, but you can hear it at least. You know, go yeah. over to the. We well, if you have if you guest. have your desktop or your laptop. Up. <laughs> All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick show. Uh, now again, real quickly before we bring the guest on, here's what you do. Go to 101.1 FM, the answer dot com. This is just 101. It's 1011. Okay. FM, the answer dot com. com. And, uh, you know, listen live. Then, using another window, go to facebook.com slash the Dave Ellswick show. So you'll be able to watch it and you'll be able to hear it. In real time, just so you know. With all that said, I'm going to turn it over to Shelly with a Y. 
<laughs> and let her introduce our uh, our guest. Okay. Is he on the line? He's on the line. Oh, my gosh. Okay. He's, I got him right there. So everybody on the phone with us is Mr. Mark Keith Robinson. And we were talking earlier about how his uh, speech to the uh, Greensboro, North Carolina City Council went absolutely viral. Over 40 million hits. Wow. And, yeah, just a real average American who struck a chord with not just me, but everybody that uh, obviously forty over forty million people. Uh, are you are you there, Mark? I am. I'm here. Thank oh you. my gosh! I swear you're a rock star to me. I'm so excited no, to have you. you. Thank you so Thank much you. for being here. Um, so I, I guess what I want to know is, you know, I, I saw that video of you and I, I got chills when I mm-hmm. saw the speech, literally. And I was just like, yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. You know, he speaks for me like really finally, you know, a, a real person speaking for the majority of the people, the silent majority. And uh, that's all I knew about you. And, of course, I shared the video. I was like, this guy's a rock star. He should run for office. This is a real person here. And it just struck a chord. And I, that's all I knew of you. And uh, then I, later, I've, or lately, I found out a few more things. But I, my biggest question is, who is Mark Keith Robinson? I mean, you're kind of a phenomenon. And everybody is so excited about you. And can you just tell us who you are? And and what prompted you to go to City Hall that day? Well, the short synopsis on who I am. I'm a native of North Carolina, Greensboro in particular. I was born and raised in Greensboro. I'm a, a product of a, a union of my mother and father. My, my, my mother and father had five children. My mother had five children before with her first husband. So I'm one of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I have been a, I have been a socially, I've been conservative my entire life. Didn't uh, didn't really understand what a conservative was, and didn't know that I identified as such until I read Rush Limbaugh's book back in the early nineties. Oh, and I've all I've been a lifelong uh, Republican. Uh, the first president I voted for was George H. W. Bush. I did vote for Bill Clinton in his first term, but that was before I became fully politically aware and fully aware of. Uh, the history uh, of the Democratic Party and all the problems that go along with it. So uh, I've been—I I consider myself to be a lifelong Republican and a lifelong conservative. That's the short synopsis on who I am. Now, as far as what prompted me to go down to the city council, it, it's really simple. Uh, I was—I was in the market to buy an AR-15. I really wanted one. I seen a friend; he had one. I, I had, didn't even know you could buy them. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, when he told, when I started asking around with people who I knew had guns, they told me to go down to the gun show here in my city, Greensboro, and I could get the best deal there. So I was really excited about going to the gun show and getting me an AR-15. And then I heard the Greensboro City Council say they were going to try to cancel the gun show because mm. of the shooting in Florida. And being a conservative, I automatically thought, you know, that's completely unfair, completely ridiculous. And... um uh, then uh, they said they couldn't cancel the gun show. The only person that could was the Coliseum director. Well, then they decided to have a meeting of uh, what they said was about gun violence. And I automatically knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew they were going to bring a bunch of kids down there, college kids. They were going to bring them down there and give these impassioned speeches. Oh, oh, please protect us and put pressure on this guy to cancel this gun show. So I, I had not planned on speaking at the meeting. I heard about the meeting, the date of the meeting, that morning at wow. about 5 o'clock. 
that morning. I was getting ready to go to work. I had to be at work at 6. Didn't get off till 4.30. The meeting was at 5.30. So I, I didn't have any time to prepare anything, so I wasn't even planning on speaking. But when I got down there and heard some of the things that were said, uh, I, I couldn't hold back. I said, I, I might be saying the wrong thing, but I'm going to go up here and say it anyway. And, um, and what happened, happened. And oh, thank God uh, it turned well. out the way that it did. So that, that, I'm going to assume that That's you incredible. got to have your gun show, right? We had the gun show. It went off with a hitch, and we, we have them twice a year. We have them in, uh, we have them in uh, August, and we have them in um, January. Our, quote, big one is in coming up here in January, and I can't wait to go. But, dude, you got to come to Arkansas. We have a gun show probably every other week here. Got one next week. Uh, yeah, I'm not we, kidding we have, you. We have, we, we have gun show season around here where we, we have gun shows that just, they're all around me. Uh, I haven't been able to get around to any of them except the Greensboro's, but uh, I hope to get around to some more as well. They're great places to go. You meet a lot of great pe- people at gun shows. All right, guys. Who else wants to talk to this man? So, okay, Elizabeth. Mark. Thanks for being with yes, us. I want to know, yes, did ma'am. you get your AR-15? I, I did, but I did not get it at the gun show. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other I thing gotta, is... I gotta, you know, I can't say I didn't get it at the gun show. I was going. I was at the gun show introducing myself to a lot of people, and it turn, turns out it's, it's just odd to me. I was I was walking around introducing myself, and as soon as I'd walk up to people, they'd go, hey, I know who you are. And it's really, that's still really weird to me. But I went up to a vendor that was at the gun show to introduce myself, and the guy turned around and said, "Hey, I know who you are." <laughs> he said, "You got a somebody put a big credit at my store for you to come and buy something." Oh wow! Oh my god! Oh I, I had I had just that somebody had left just about enough of a credit for me to go in and get me an did, AR. Did Sweet. you go viral overnight with that video? It was it it, it did it, it did. did I, I thought it did. Okay, so that's incredible. It was, it was cold grassroots north carolina that captured it and put it on uh on online and it got a bunch of views on their site and then my congressman mark walker mm. he posted it on his webpage and sent it to fox news and that's when it exploded wow. so the next question is mark how much grief have you gotten in your local community people know you all over the country but what about where you live none it's all been you know this is amazing it has all been positive except for the credit at the gun shop that's cool well, and Mark doesn't look like the type of guy you want to mess with either. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's got a lot to do with it. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate in our society that you have people that are bullies, and I think what we're seeing a lot of now is people people attack people based on what they look like. Yeah, you know, they'll 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 attack the little old lady or the little old man wearing the "Make America Great Again" hat. But they're not going to attack somebody like me or some biker, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. back off and back into the shadows. So I'm fortunate in that area, but I have not had a whole lot of pushback. I get a lot of pushback on social media, but I tend to stay out of those circles because on social media, what I try to do on social media, I don't really try to convert anybody. I'm here to try to inspire people who think like me to come out of their houses and step out and, and, and go out and speak up and be inspired. And that's the one thing about this speech that I feel most blessed about, that it is inspiring so many people. Um, so I'm blown away with how s- the spontaneity of it all. Yeah. You were so articulate uh, on the fly. You, 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 it was almost like it was 
a pre-planned, pre-written speech, yeah. and the fact that you got off work, I don't know what your commute is from work to the to the council site, the fact that you got on there and spoke from the heart with such passion, and you were so articulate, it just blows my mind. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going to guess that you, did you get good grades for your impromptu speech in <laughs> speech class, or, and... Um, but I was just, uh, that's as an aside, but... It, you say you don't you don't get any grief from the people in your community or even statewide for that matter. You've, you've gotten pushback from social, social media. media. So, mm-hmm. are you getting are you getting grief from the left as a whole, or are you getting grief from the uh, the the black community that's on the left? I mean, how how's that gone on for you? Well, you know. I- I think the further out I go with this thing, I probably will get more response from the left. Um, but, again, I, I tend to there, – there are a lot of things on social media that you can dive into where you can, uh, you know, you can create, uh, so to speak, dialogue between people, which I don't even like to call it dialogue because – when you have a hardcore leftist and, a, and somebody who's <laughs> right, right it, it's, uh, you don't have dialogue. What you have is you have an argument. Yeah, it's a hamster wheel. I tend not to uh, get involved in those. I, I try to stay. I try. I'm not going to say I try to stay above them. I just try to stay out of them because what I find is uh, when you get into those types of things, you get off of your message. It's counterproductive. Absolutely, Absolutely. It, it is. Um, and I feel like I have a message to deliver. And I feel like if I deliver the message that some people will ignore it, some people will despise it, but some people will love it. And the people who love it are the people that I'm after. And I, those are the people that I want to encourage. And I would commend them. you for that. I would commend you for that because yes. um, there are you could it's like when you're in an argument with uh, somebody who's very polarized in their point of view, um, you, you're just spinning your wheels. So spend your time uh with somebody that you possibly i I know you're not trying to convert people but that's open to something different and something new yeah Uh, because i mean it's it's, why spend your time trying to convert somebody who apparently has their mind made up try to go out there and and reach people that that might be on the fence to come to the good side (laughs) yeah we want to bring them from the dark side and even even more important than that, there is a large population. That's one thing that this has taught me. There's a large population of people out there who have the same thoughts in their head that I delivered at that city council meeting. Yes, absolutely, absolutely right. They have not been encouraged to raise up and speak up. Or they're afraid and to. They're afraid to speak up. And that is the one thing that I'm trying to do more than anything is to tell people do not be afraid, mm-hmm. because, you, you know, we have to remember how this country was, was founded. This country was founded by brave men who were not unwilling to speak up, and when the time came, of course, were not unwilling to stand up and fight for what they believed in. Mm-hmm. That's how we ended up with the free nation that we have. Exactly. The only way we're going to keep that nation is if we're willing to do the same thing, stand up and speak up. Yes, so sir. We've come full Mark, circle. Mark, if you'll hold with us, we'll be right back. i got to do a break so that we can uh, pay. pay some bills, <laughs> and then we'll come back and uh, finish up our conversation with you. Is that all right? Yes, sir. That's fine. Okay. Yes, thank you very much. Don't forget about Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics.
Lots of big changes have been going on. I mean, the 12th Street location is completely being demoed and an addition being added on, and it's a state-of-the-art facility now with the latest technology and prosthetics and orthotics. Got a new gate room. They've got a new room they have just for women who have had, you know, breasts removed and need prosthetics for that, and a large new waiting room as well. It's all because Hortons prides themselves on their patient relationships that they have. Keeping the patient happy is their priority, and they want you to know they provide a lifetime of support. Six locations, Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. That's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. All right, the right view is here, and that's Elizabeth Shelley with a Y. And, uh, of course, <laughs> Amy is with us, too. Mark is on the line as well. He is the man that you, I'm sure, have seen the uh, Facebook video or the YouTube video uh, dealing with, uh, you know, the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment. That's what it was all about. And uh, he was very, very articulate in saying what all of us were thinking and what we all are thinking who believe in our God-given right to, to self-defense because that's what it's uh, all uh, about. Do we have that on uh, Facebook? It's now? out on all your social feeds. Okay, so if you want it, Elizabeth takes care of all of that for me. Let's go back, Shelley. you got more questions. Go ahead. Hey, Mark. It's Shelly again. Um, I just this, You're so intriguing to me. Um, this is like a crazy American story. Um, I want to know, okay, who was Mark Keith Robinson mainly? Like, what were you doing with your life and so far as work or whatever prior to that day you went down to City Hall versus where this has led to now? Because this happened, you said this, you did the, 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 um, speech after the shooting in february so i'm assuming you're talking about the school shooting in florida florida parking yeah so and then you made the speech sometime shortly after that and then so what was going on in your life as far as what you who you were what you were doing versus now and where you're at and what you're into well before before all this happened my main focus uh was uh i was in 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 school I was in, uh, going to a university, the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, pursuing mm-hmm. my uh, degree in uh, history. Uh, my plan was to become a history professor, uh, college level history professor. I was planning on going all the way through, uh, you know, bachelor's and then master's and then Ph.D., uh, hopefully, and, and move up uh, the ranks of, uh, of teaching, uh, uh, but, uh, but at the college level. Mm-hmm. Uh, all in my personal life, uh, I was I was working at for a furniture factory. Where I've been working for a couple of them for the past ten or twelve years, and I was doing that mainly to put myself uh, for the past few years. I've been doing it mainly to put myself through school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, uh, in my private time, I'm uh, I become somewhat of a political pundit on Facebook. I become. You know, I started on Facebook with I think with three friends. I think I had my wife and two other friends, and, we, and I basically all I did on there was mess around. You know, you know, talk about movies and silliness, and you know, make jokes. Yeah. But I found myself being drawn into political conversations, and invariably I'd mention the fact that I was a conservative or Republican, and uh, I'd start getting insulted. You know, people would deride me, 
And so one day I just decided I was not going to take it anymore. I took the gloves off and, and just let it fly. Right. I changed my page to be just completely almost political. <laughs> and it just grew from there. By the time I delivered that speech to the city council, I, I had about 15,000 followers on Facebook. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. So, uh, uh, but but what's even more incredible is after I did the Fox and Friends interview that Friday after the speech, was the, which was the 6th, I came out of that interview, turned my uh, cell phone back on as I was on my way down the elevator. Kaboom. And when my phone came back on, I went on my Facebook page. My account had went from about 15,000 to about 33,000. Oh, wow. my goodness. Just a few minutes. So uh, since then, since that uh, time, my life has just, it's completely changed. I've quit my job and I devote uh, full time to this now, to uh, speaking and spreading spreading the the, the message of conservatism and trying, like I said, to encourage other conservatives to not be afraid to admit that they're conservatives and and speak up for their beliefs and speak up for what they, you know, what they hold true. Well, Mark, we appreciate you giving us some time today. It's a great thing that has happened to you, and uh, keep on, brother, doing what you yeah, do. Yeah, please we come need back. You. Yeah, yeah we we'll need get you, you back on. Thank you so much. This has been such an honor. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. The honor has been all mine. And uh, when you guys get ready to have me on again, all right, well, I'll be contacting Yeah, Shelly will be contacting you. <laughs> you. I will. All right. Thanks a lot, Mark. We'll talk to you later. And uh, that's the man. I am the majority. That's a true American patriot. Yeah, yes. good. he yeah. is. And you know, job. he's uh, he's got the not just anybody could go. And, uh, the perfect storm came together, but he's got a mag. There's just some people out there that are magnetic, and they are they yeah, just have charisma. a command. And it it was wasn't just everything he said. It was the delivery. It was his posture his just everything about him it just draws he you was in. destined to be a star he was it, he's yeah. got what it takes god but, surely had a different plan for him for sure thank god we for need him. more people like yes. him i guess i should have asked him if he's decided to run for office yet those That's, of you out there the thinking of speaking up on. take a little tiny bit of that and speak up yeah no doubt That's absolutely no right doubt. all right let's take a break when we come back we're going to talk local politics here on the dave ellswick show all right back with you Four o'clock hour. Glad you stuck around. We're going to talk local politics now. You know, we had uh, Mark on. I am the majority uh, on with us. Uh, Did a YouTube video that went viral because he spoke in front of a city council meeting about the Second Amendment. It was great talking to him. But now we're going to talk about something that hits a lot closer to home. And that is what's going on over in Faulkner County, especially with the Faulkner County judge who thinks he's one of those people that not just tell people who can have uh, government records and who can't when somebody fills out a Freedom of Information Act. And Joey McCutcheon is going to join us. And, uh, Joey, you, you, you've got a lot of, uh, of experience with these uh, politicians who think that they're above the law because probably they don't read the law so when you look at what's going on in faulkner county does it surprise you at all well what surprises me about faulkner county is 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 that uh you know this county judge knew the law and that he he knew that he should have produced those records and he thumbed the no, his nose at a citizen while at the same time, he apparently produced the records to the Arkansas Democrat Gazette the day before. And uh, to, force a, 
to force a citizen to have to file a lawsuit so that you can get the records you're rightfully entitled to is is just wrong. Uh, and it's just probably one of the most egregious violations I've seen. And, and uh, with that said, I've, I've reached out to the uh, Faulkner County prosecutor today, and uh, I'd like for him to uh, start a uh, criminal investigation into the matter. This falls squarely within FOIA's uh, uh, the remedy of, of criminal sanctions. Uh, even though, uh, as of about an hour ago, we did receive the last batch, batch of records, apparently. I haven't had a chance to go through them, nor has Mr. Gregory at this point. But, but, uh, and, and So I think it's not a matter of ignorance of the law. It's a matter of intentionally violating the law in this case. That's the only conclusion one can come to. Yeah, it's kind of like giving a one-finger salute to people. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Right. I like it. Seriously, I mean... Look, one of the one of my uh, weekly guests is Robert uh, Steinbach, and he's written a book on FOI, and uh, this this kind of stuff just drives him absolutely crazy. And every year, when it becomes time for the uh, the General Assembly to get together, they're always trying to water down the Freedom of Information Act here in Arkansas because. If there's one thing that we have one of the best of, it's a Freedom of Information Act here in the state of Arkansas. True? That's a, it's a great point. Uh, Robert Steinbuck is, a, is an absolute passionate advocate. He's a good friend of mine. And we actually, we just testified before the FOIA task force who did an amazing job. But it, it's about accountability. You know, and, and it, what's disturbing to me is, yes, last session they tried to gut FOIA. Uh, you know, which holds folks accountable, which holds government accountable. Not only did they do that, Dave, you and I haven't had this conversation, but through issue one, they also tried to gut our right to trial by jury, which mm-hmm. also holds uh, which also holds government accountable. We we've got to we. There's no two more powerful mechanisms than the right to trial by jury and FOIA, and we can't allow anyone to weaken FOIA, nor our right to trial by jury. All right, so Baker sent these uh, pieces of, uh, you know, uh, governmental paperwork to the Arkansas Demgaz, but would not give it to a local citizen. And I think it's important for everybody to know what was in uh, the, uh, you know, the the email that people were trying to get hold of. I've got a copy of it. He said uh, he's talking about President Sign's water infrastructure law that includes Bozeman Initiative. And the judge wrote to a whole lot of people, this is great. Right now I'm trying to get votes for re-election to help on these issues. Please contact all you can to go vote. I need it. Well, you can't get out there and and campaign on government time with government resources. And that's why they wanted this particular email, and now they have it, evidently, but only at the threat of a lawsuit. But this won't stop the lawsuit, will it? Uh, Well, what we've done today is we have uh, sent an agreed order. uh, You know, if they want to, to admit uh, if this judge will uh, acknowledge that he violated the Free- Freedom of Information Act and he produces all the records with uh, that were requested, there's really no no sense in you know wasting time and money uh, 
to for the court to to do what they should do voluntarily. So uh, they sh- they've got the order now. Uh, I'm expecting a signature back, uh, and assuming again, assuming we have all the documents, that's one of the stipulations of this mm-hmm. agreed order. But the bottom line is, we want an order because we want accountability. We don't want the the judge or or in every case I've been involved in, we've gotten an order. You know, but but Dave, you're exactly right. You started off the whether it's Ozark, Arkansas, which we've got a current case going. We've been involved in in case after case in Fort Smith, whether it's with the school yeah. board or the city. We've actually got a case that we're expecting a ruling from the Supreme Court any day now, which which we believe the Supreme Court is going to rule, rule favorably, stating that you cannot do government business by secret emails or secret text messages. We're seeing that all. All over the state is that when there's a hot issue, uh, officials are doing their business before the meeting uh, by secret emails and text messages, and we've got to put a stop to that. Well, if you want accountability, yeah, if you want any kind of transparency, you better control that. There's no doubt about it because that's what they're trying to do: do what they can do to get their way uh, at the expense of uh, the government. Correct. That's correct. I mean, and and that's the thing that that disturbs me most about the the FOIA is the people's law. And if people like Bob Gregory, uh, no matter if it's a political uh, situation or not, uh, when a citizen rightfully asks for documents, those documents should be produced immediately. And one of the things that the legislature tried to do last session was weaken our FOIA laws by... By pushing the date back, uh, that said that that a government instead of three days, they wanted to push it back and back. This speaks to the importance of leaving it at three days, because you could just see that they would push this thing back as far as possible uh, past this election. The the voters should be able to hear this. I'm not involved in that that particular race, but the voters should know when you've got an elected official who is conducting himself like this in the people's business. Well, yeah, he's trying to go around you. And how much can you trust him if he doesn't want to be transparent with you? You know, here's how I have always felt about it, Joey. I don't know if you have you got the same feeling I do. But if somebody's trying to, trying to uh, put smoke and mirrors up, something's going on. Right. I mean, where there's, generally where there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, if if he look if he made a mistake and he just sent out this one email, so be it. Why why do you try to to why do you try to put up a stone wall and prevent a citizen from from uh, seeing if this is a habit, seeing if this is going on regularly? Because that's been my experience. You know, once you find it once, usually there's there's other other things that are going on. I don't know that in this case because I have we just have re- received the records, but. Which I've, I really felt like um, that we would receive these records in pretty short order because this was such an egregious violation uh, of our of our sunshine law. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that didn't want to answer to the voters, uh, but he did want to answer to the paper. <laughs> right. True enough. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, Joey. We thank. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the judge has to know that people need to take this into account 
when they go in and, and cast their ballots uh, for his race. Uh, can you trust him or, can he, or can't you trust him? I think that's what this comes up to. And there's, there's some other stuff in, in the background for this judge that I hope comes out here in the next few uh, days as well. But the bottom line, thank you very much for the part you played in this because uh, you do a lot of great work with this. Thanks so much. Well, thanks for having me on. Open government is 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 something we have to have in Arkansas. I agree you, with you. Thank you much, Joey uh, McCutcheon here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick show. He's been uh, a valiant, you know, Patriot. defender about this. There's no doubt about it. Uh, a lot of you know about Robert Steinbach being on my show. He is a huge advocate of uh, of FOIA. It's it's really something that without it. We'd go back to the smoke-filled back rooms that we used to have. The work that both of those folks are doing on our FOIA task force to help hold the legislature um, in line, let's say, is to be commended as well. Yep, I agree. Yeah, Hannah? Well, I just know any time that Joey's involved in something, I'm sure your rights um, as a person and the government, the government is trying to suppress the rights of the people. Mm -hmm. They're trying to take the power away from the people. And so if Joey McCutcheon's involved... That means he's fighting for the little guy, and he's going to fight like heck to make sure you get, you get and keep your rights. All right. We'll be back. we got more to talk about this uh, this hour. I want to talk a little bit about the the uh, the judge <coughs> got himself into deep kimchi with uh, the, uh, was it, the governmental uh, election offices, uh, EEOC. I think that's who it was. Uh, because there's a story, it's kind of a long and convoluted story just make it easy for you there were some people that were being sexually harassed and the judge knew about it and judge didn't do anything about it and he just kind of moved people and shuffled them around i guess he thought he was the pope or something but he was just kind of yeah he was just kind of shuffling people around to different areas and whatnot and uh, people got tired of fighting this guy and some of these folks quit and they brought a federal lawsuit, and uh, the EEOC said, you're well within your rights because this meets all the requirements for a federal lawsuit. So your judge has been good enough to bring you a, a federal lawsuit, which you, the voter, will end up paying for. Just know that. Okay, so FOIA, federal lawsuit, add them together. No vote for me if I lived in Faulkner County. I'm just mm, letting I'm into you know. That. That's the bottom line. Hey, if you want a career working outdoors, serving uh, your community, here you go. Uh, get out, use your hands, uh, work outside, thrive in the outdoors by being a part of the PI Roofing and Home Solutions team. They're expanding their operations department to better serve their customers as they grow. You can build your future with them. PI Roofing Home Solution has career opportunities in commercial roofing and service division, residential roofing and service division, and home solutions division. Make up to 20 bucks an hour. You heard me right. $20 an hour. That's pretty good pay. Uh, make a difference. Climb the ladder of success. Hook your wagon up with piroofing.com, piroofing.com, or call them. 501-707-3551. All right, let's uh, finish and wrap up this uh, Faulkner County judge story, Jim Baker, and what he's doing as far as trying to circumvent the voting public by not letting people see 
emails he sent out on government time, which is was campaigning, and that's a no-no. You cannot do that. And then he tried to keep you from finding out about it. Secondly, and it's a story I'm hoping uh, somebody will pick up, uh, maybe uh, Deborah Hale Shelton to pick it up or whatever, dealing with this uh, lawsuit, federal lawsuit, EEOC, about sexual harassment. I haven't seen a whole lot on this. I have my sources. They tell me things. And uh, Elizabeth is sitting here, and she has put together a site that you can go to, and you can get all the information on the uh, federal lawsuit that's coming up. And let me just let me be honest with you. If if there's a lawsuit that you know the quorum court's going to be involved in, or the, the, the circuit judge has got to be involved in, or your city council has to be involved in, they're not paying uh, the freight. You are. It is your tax money that takes care of their wrongdoing. And this judge knew what he was doing was wrong. If he didn't, then he surely shouldn't be a judge. But let me uh, turn it over to Elizabeth. Where can people go to get more information on the EEOC lawsuit? It's out on your social, and it's FaulknerCountyReports.com. Okay. And what you're talking about here on that website is called the Office of Emergency Management Lawsuit because that's the area that the uh, sex harassment occurred. Okay. Now, you know a little bit more about this than I do. Is it four people that's involved in this lawsuit or three people? Well, there were four employees back in May of 2017 who – it was in May or June of 2017 that the public became aware that those four employees had – made complaints about sex harassment in their office from their supervisor. Um, Apparently it had been ongoing for a bit of time before that time, and they Mm -hmm. felt that they needed to make it public at that point. And other things have occurred since then. Um, At that point, when the complaints were brought forward, um, I have not talked to employees, of course. I'm reading what I see on this website. Right. The, uh, The director was physically moved to a different location and... Apparently, the situations didn't get a lot better, the and Baker, it rocked along Baker for a while. Them, right? Judge Baker chose to move the uh, supervisor to no. a different physical location, and that was apparently mm, very – I mean, that was about the only action that was taken. Like no investigation. No, nothing else really occurred. So now, over a period of time, other things have happened, but at this point in time, all four employees have quit. Three of them – have done other things the one it's convoluted there were other people the four had filed the original lawsuit with the federal government Mm -hmm. over sexual harassment three of those folks have pulled out of that lawsuit but there's still one individual who's still pursuing a federal equal opportunity lawsuit based on sex harassment in the county of faulkner county because they say that nothing was done when they made their complaints okay and Here's the other twist. And apparently the federal government agreed. Yeah, and here's the twist of all this. It's a man who's hanging in there on this sexual... The supervisor is female. The four employees were male and female. And Judge Baker is not addressing the issue, some of us think. Yeah, well, I agree with that. All right, so anyway, we wanted to bring this up to you. It's, It's just something else for you. And Baker, if you want to, you can say, this is last minute, you know, poison (laughs) pill politicking. No, it's been going on since 2017. You know it. So, you know, shut up. (laughs) Uh, 
No, I just get tired of it. I, did, I do. I know you know? caught. It's been in the newspaper you know, since you, June of seven, you 2017. You do your job, and you think that you're untouchable. That's the key. Right. So for you in Faulkner County, I'm saying exactly what you're thinking. This is a guy for years who has been like that. Or ask the, ask the, uh, the police department why they can't get money out of the road department that should be in the, the police department. That's at his desk as well. There's a lot of things to talk about here about that stuff. It's smelling over in Faulkner yeah, County. I'm just smell it all the way over here. Yeah. Over there. It's not good. It's not good. All right, we got news coming up, then we got a half hour to go. We are a constitutional carry state, if you didn't know. I'll whoop, bring whoop. that up to you in the next uh, half hour. I've got the lawsuit. We'll talk about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Anna, I'm going to need your help on this. I, I get into legalese, you know how it oh, goes, yeah. you know. Yeah, in my two-month education. With, with Walt, <laughs> lawyer. You probably know our more lawyer. in two months than some of these clowns know in years. Yeah. Hopefully. Jamie Taft versus the state of Arkansas was up in front of the Arkansas Court of Appeals. Big arc, uh, big uh, uh, decision here mm-hmm. uh, in front of the Honorable Jerry Ryan judge. It says reversed and remanded. Okay, what does reversed and remanded mean in everyday lingo? Do you know? Uh Basically, we reverse the decision of the court below us, send it back down to retry it. Okay. All right. Because that's what it's Basically, said. send it back oh, down to retry it with this standard that you should follow. Like, you got the standard wrong, you applied it wrong. Yeah, try it again. It. Try it again, but remember this. But, yeah. But that's use what the this Supreme this Court did when they sent that one decision back to Colorado mm-hmm. uh, with the, uh, the baker. Yes. Okay. Uh, From what I understand, so okay, so are so. you saying that the the things that he got in trouble for, they can go retry it again? Yeah, but they got to take into consideration what the court the said court they did wrong, right? Like because I think what happened was he was he he was carrying a weapon, and you you cannot stop just for carrying a weapon. So he, here's kind of what I understand because I know where you're going with this. I don't think that they were saying apply the. Um, conceal or the constitutional carry standard. I think they were talking about the four, the amendment or the ruling in and of itself was the due process, mm-hmm. um, and that they shouldn't have stopped him. Okay. So I think that, from what I understand, the constitutional carry opinion was kind of a caveat. Like it wasn't necessarily what had to be applied when it went back down. But we needed that. Yes, I think what happened was is that. Here, I'll, I'll explain what this guy oh, did. Oh, okay. Okay, so the Sorry. guy walks into a store, <laughs> and he's walking in the store, and one of the tellers notices him. He's got a shirt on, and outside his shirt, oh, he has a gun in his, in, in his you know belt. And so they called the cops. And the cops showed up, and they stopped this guy. They flipped the blue lights on him and stopped him. But let me read what the court says now about that. The state argued that Officer Davis seized Taft because he, quote, had to determine the lawfulness of Taft's conduct going in and out of the store and carrying that weapon and acting suspiciously. Was he having ill intent? Merely possessing a weapon. Here we go. This Mm -hmm. is where it gets good, all right? Mm -hmm. This is good for all us gun people. Merely possessing a weapon is not 
a crime in the state of Arkansas. See Arkansas Code Annotated 5-73-120A. In parentheses, providing that A, person commits the offense of carrying a weapon if he or she possesses a handgun on or about his person with a purpose to attempt to unlawfully employ the handgun as a weapon against a person. See, also, Arkansas... At, uh, I guess this is part of the law. Number 064-2015, in general, merely possessing a handgun on your person does not violate 5-73-120 and may be done if it does not violate other laws or regulations. Under the clear la- language of Section 573-120, the possessor of a handgun must have unlawful intent to employ it as a weapon against a person in order to make that possession a criminal act. There is nothing in the record before us to indicate that Taft demonstrated any sort of unlawful intent other than he had a gun in his belt and he was walking around. Nothing uh, wrong with that. With the weapon prior to yeah, with the weapon prior to the engagement of the blue lights, such as threatening someone at the store or bandishing the weapon that would have given officers reasonable suspicion of a crime sufficient to uh, stop with the blue lights. To the contrary, Officer Davis's testimony was clear. There was no indicators of unlawful activity or intent and that he had no information that would have indicated Taft's possession of a gun was unlawful. Moreover, the fact that Taft had walked two miles away from the store it was on his way out of the county at the time of his encounter with officers is evidence that supports his intent to leave Montgomery County rather than to commit a crime within its borders. We hold that under the totality of the circumstances, the officers uh, stop with blue lights without reasonable suspicion constituted an illegal seizure and the circuit court's denial of Taft's motion to suppress all physical evidence stemming from the initial seizure of his person was against the preponderance of the evidence. Because the seizure was illegal and unconstitutional, all uh, evidence seized as a result of his initial illegality should have been suppressed. Accordingly, we reverse and remand for a new trial. And when they reverse and remand, they send it back saying, Remember what we said here about stopping this guy. You stopped him illegally. Right. What I don't like about... I love the ruling, obviously. What I don't like is that it's clouded with the fact that he actually was doing something illegal because they found... um, marijuana on him didn't they they i mean they found i didn't, I didn't see they, anything was that not that. like i know there was contraband on him there was, but i don't yes, know there was con- what like, was i don't which he, he didn't get in trouble for it because they did it all wrong but i think that was one thing that advocates for this bill were they trying play. to avoid is it being clouded with suspicious activity you know yes it confuses the whole thing you know i would have rather the ruling come out of stopping somebody walking in Walmart getting their groceries versus somebody who may actually have been partaking in some illegal activity but nonetheless we have our ruling which is you know if he had been carrying a gun he he they wouldn't have gave they wouldn't have batted an eye but because he was they car- got the call because somebody said he's acting suspicious and he's got a gun that, in his belt because that was the liberal. right 
Right, and that, that just because somebody thinks you're acting suspicious isn't that, grounds that's to stop not, you. It, right. 573 right. yeah, one tunny yeah. does not have, uh, you know, you're... You, acting suspiciously is not listed in there right exactly so he was completely within his rights to carry open or concealed that's the that's the that's the law it it would be nice if they get a call that says this person's acting suspicious that you should be able to say is it because they have on a gun right i mean mean, come on you know what and that might be that might be um that might have something to do with the lack of education if if the common ordinary citizen knew that this was a per- and is now a permitless carry state constitutional carry per the second amendment and uh you know the state constitution article 2 section 5 you can carry arms for your common defense then that then there, this would be moot okay I, but let me let me just say something here let me just read right from here under facts okay <laughs> On April 4, 2017, Chad Davis was uh, with the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office, received a message from dispatch that Ricky Lee from the Joplin store had called about a man, later identified as Taft, wearing a white shirt with a pistol stuck in his waistband, acting suspiciously. There you go. Well, you know, I, I agree That's with Amy on, uh, to an extent about the educated public, but it's also, this is where we're at. This is where we're at insofar as the left has demonized guns, mm-hmm. demonized the Second Amendment, and has brainwashed even conservatives to an extent. I think that's changing now. I see that. I well, think people finally... I don't I, know if a person should... But, wear a gun where people can see. It makes them nervous. I mean, you have uh, gun-loving, Second Amendment-loving people that say, yes, I'm for the Second Amendment, but, you know, there's butts all in it. We, yeah, we don't need this or that, but it's like, it's a tit for tat. It's a it's a black and white. It's, you know, but I think with with them demonizing this, it even, you know, just regular conservative people that actually uh, think about the second amendment and led the second amendment it's they they question people with a gun it's like we've been brainwashed to just think anybody with a gun is a bad guy here's the key and, and jan morgan will agree wholeheartedly with me when i say this it's not a right if you can say but Thank you. Exactly. The, we call them the butters. There's no but. Second Amendment butters. Because it's, it's it's a right to bear arms, and arms is not necessarily it's a gun It's not either. a privilege. Yes. It's a right. right. It is yeah. not given to you by the government. It's given right. to you by God. Right. And Thank it's you. not a right to bear guns. It's a right to bear arms, which could be anything, any kind of weapon or anything to protect yourself. It doesn't matter. What Two are you going to do when I walk in dragging my cannon? <laughs> but you know what? Um, I'll, lie. I'll fall on the floor laughing. Five seventy three one twenty doesn't just include firearms; it also includes knives and clubs. But what was the last time somebody asked you, "Do you have a permit to carry that knife? Or do you have a permit to right. carry that club?" They only ask you if you have a permit to carry that weapon. But here. Thank God Almighty, we are per precedent case law. We are Watch now. It, girl. Oh my! Do you <laughs> oh, have a permit to carry that, that thing? <laughs> no. So I no, you know, we are a constitutional carry state. Now, if we can get just get the Arkansas State Police to get with the program, then we'll we get to be rid okay. of those well, taxes, those fees. To, yeah. David Ferguson had a great article. Y'all need to read that. I wish 
We've not we've not been able to find that piece, have we? That audio that we had of that lady in front of the committee two years ago from the oh, Arkansas State Police saying, "Well, you can't get rid of the license if we won't be able to pay for our retirement." Boo, freaking wow. who? <laughs> Maybe if you would have managed your funds That's properly, you wouldn't have to extort money from uh, you know unsuspecting citizens that don't know what their rights are under God and the Constitution. It's we've been brainwashed. Yeah. We've been brainwashed to think that we need the concealed carry license, and then you do not just the fees that go along with it. Well, that's just part of it. Here's, yeah. here's the just only reason. Here's the only reason why I would say you need a concealed carry license. Reciprocity. When, that's right. When you're traveling, mm-hmm. and it makes it easier for you to. Buy a weapon if you already have oh, a concealed yeah. carry permit. Great, you can go in there and buy a weapon. You Just can carry out the, down. Yeah, you know it's funny because um, I talked to a friend down. of mine and we were talking a few weeks ago and um, he we were talking about concealed carry and I, I told him I said you don't have to have it and he's like well my attorney said the same thing that it's. That it, it were constitutional carry and you don't have to have it, but just go ahead and get it to be safe because you have less you rights with your license than you do without it. Yeah, that's exactly. Horrible exactly. Horrible. And, horrible. and for the love of everything that's like, wholesome, just to be cautious and good. because whoever stops you may not know the law and it could cause problems. So All go right, ahead and do you're it. You're going to say, and for the love of everything wholesome and good. Do not get the enhanced carry license. You have even more regulations and statutes to follow than you do under the basic CHCL and under 746. Do not get it. Let's be very clear. That affects my life every single day. I could go into great detail about some of the things that happen around the law school campus. Just the other night, one of the law school students rolled up on a shooting. The two people were dead in the street. This is the streets over from the school. I do I do not have a concealed carry license. I refuse to get one. So anytime that I carry that I am not at the school or have not just left the school, I do not have my gun on me. Because I can't carry it at school because I refuse to get the enhanced carry license because it's absolute, complete garbage. And it puts my life in danger because I am a blonde, scrawny little girl walking around the streets to my vehicle. And it is a very extremely dangerous part of town around there. It's a part of town where people walk around with their brown paper bags with their drinks and they just wander the streets and they sleep in the park right across the street. It's very, very dangerous. At what point is there some kind of liability involved when they take away your right to keep and bear arms for your common defense in the Arkansas State Constitution and you're not able to defend yourself and then you're you're dead. Now, there should be. I think that there should be. But just, I, I would get, I, I would do anything. I would go through, I don't want a license. I don't want them to restrict my rights. That's the whole issue with it, is that they've done more harm than good. If they could put something on the books that was worth my while, that wouldn't take away my rights, and wouldn't leave me even more dangerous than what we started with, at this point, if I, if I had to defend myself with a Hans Carey, I was very likely to be in more trouble when than I would When we come back, Elizabeth gets her word in on this just know you know if they if they want to have a clean bill take the second amendment and put it in the constitution the way it is just written the way it is in our national constitution yeah. all right anyway uh don't forget about uh, applied research they still got their clinical research studies going on if you'd like to be a participant you want to know what you have to do to qualify for like their diabetic studies or their 
asthma studies or low testosterone or kidney stones, go to arcarkansas.com, arcarkansas.com. For these studies, there is there is a uh, there is some compensation involved, and uh, you know it's kind of nice. They put it on a debit card and. You come in, you do what you got to do with the study, and they dropped that money on there, and it's uh, in, in some instances it's significant. 501-954-7822 is the number, but go to arcarkansas.com and find out if you can be a part of any of these studies. All right, back with you here on Dave Ellswick Show. You want to hear more about that court case and more about constitutional carry, join me on my show tomorrow. Five o'clock, Robert Steinbach joins us to uh, clarify it as best that he can. I'm amazed at something. What's that? How quickly you can quiet that room down and come back. <laughs> they're, they're good. They do, they're doing much better now than the first week. The first time that they did it, oh, my God. <laughs> it was crazy. But they, they were doing the, – we're working on not talking over each other now. Are we doing yeah, better today? Sounded, you it, did a I lot. walked in there. It sounded like like Grand Central Station in the middle of noon rush that's hour. The way that, that's the way the show used to sound. Now it doesn't hands. sound that way. He anymore. asked for it. He asked for it. I yeah. did. I did. But the thing is – but we're – no matter how chaotic it gets, you can't. It's not going to be any worse than like the actual view and all that talking <laughs> oh. over. Right? You know, yeah. you know. We actually know what we're talking about. We're actually right, you, and they're wrong. You, you so. don't. You can't. Nobody gets a word in edgewise. You don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Hey. Okay. You got it pretty good here, First Dave. Elizabeth, because she was wanting to say something at the end of the last segment. And see if she can. Re- she's taking cold medicine or allergy medicine, and it's got her kind of in. And you were freezing her out with yeah. the air conditioner too, by the way. So this par- partially. That's the way fault. I keep Call everybody awake in the studio. But go ahead. I was just going to mention that the reason we have all this confusion over Carrie is because the legislature inadvertently allowed seven forty six to be interpreted. They started it. Yeah. Can I just say? And they can't fix it. I, they won't fix it. I want to talk. I want to thank the former governor of Arkansas, BB. For, for they let, slid this in under for, his watch. And he signed it. He signed they it. sure he, did. He signed it. I remember when this was going on and knew what was happening and uh, knew that it was up on his desk. And then it came down. He had signed it. And I just rolled. I so, just laughed my head off. Here's the ironic thing. It's the Republicans that have screwed it up. We're the ones who've muddied the water. Yeah, they keep screwing you know, it up oh, trying the to irony. clear it up. Yeah, they, but are they really Republicans? Though they, we have a yes, really, really they bad. Are. Okay, no, we except for Joe Jett, he became a Republican out of political well, expediency. That's, that's so, how many of Democrat. you think switched over? Because you know, you know Republicans are in power, so I'll just become a Republican. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. I had to hold my nose yesterday voting for some of these Republicans. I'm not a, I'm not a person. Yeah, but. I don't have to hold my nose because I know I'm not going to vote for a Democrat. Well, I mean, of course not. But it's like you're, if you're mad at that Republican and that Republican's just really got an R by their name and they're not doing it. It's really sad when the less stinkier one is the yeah, one that you was like. Here's for. what I'll try. I'll try to point to you what I've, I've pointed to other people. And, that, and that's this. You may not agree with everything any politician does. And I'll always find things that I'm I'm, I'm as conservative as they come. I know that others are not as conservative as I am. So I don't worry so much as long as we actually move the ball a little 
bit even down the field because for 138 years, it's not been moving towards our goal line. No, and now at least now. it is. So I'm – is I people know this. I've told the governor to his face. <laughs> I wish he was a bigger and bolder kind of guy. Have I not said this to him personally, Absolutely. Russ? Absolutely. But I support what at least he's trying to do. I think so I'll, my, give him, I'll give him credit for that. My biggest frustration comes out of when they just don't follow the party platform. You oh, ran, yeah. you oh ran on our party. We gave you the platform. Yeah. When you don't do that, I have some serious, serious, serious okay, now, issues be, with that. Before we go, i got to turn it over to Shelly with a Y. That's an inside joke because I, sh- I said it was Shelly with an I when I first, and it's with a Y. Right. So, Tell them there's this person that we have to thank. Okay. Yes, we have to thank a man named Reggie Cowan because uh, for the interview the today. The red-headed marauder of Garland County. We had to thank Reggie <laughs> Cowan for this interview today with Mark Keith Robinson because when I did find that video back in June or whenever and he got it in my head, I wanted him to come on at some point. I came across it again, put a Facebook post. Man, I wish I knew how to find this guy for a to do our show and reggie found him and that's how i tracked him down and that's how it all happened today so everybody has reggie Cowan to thank Yay, for that reggie. okay see this because i didn't know the guy's name I'm i didn't telling know who he was shut up that's what i'm <laughs> telling her all right we'll see you all next thursday thanks for coming in thanks, amy Dave. and Sh- and shelly and elizabeth and hannah Hannah, we got to get your schedule changed so you can be here for both <laughs> right. hours we're gonna it's call the dean the dave Ellsworth go ahead show. The dean. i'll see you tomorrow too yeah, we'll call the Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.